Hello, Hope Church. Good morning. Thank you for being a part of our online service. Uh, my name is Logan Smith. I am the worship and student pastor here. Hope Church, excited to get to preach today. We have been in a series throughout this Lent season on Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Uh, so let's just go ahead and read that verse together. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Church, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, um, I just recognize in this moment as I preach that, God, that nothing that I say in my own has any power, but, Lord, it is your word, it is your scriptures, your spirit, God, that provides the power. So I pray, God, we're filming this on a Thursday, and this is going to be showing on a Sunday, but, Lord, even now I know you're preparing and have prepared the hearts of all those who are going to be listening. So, Lord, I just pray you do what only you can do. God, just use me as a tool in your hands. Um, Father, that's all I am. And I pray that you just do incredible, beautiful, life-changing things during this time. Lord, I am trusting you. Guide me. Lead me. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. So today the focus is on whatever is commendable. And so this word commendable, commendable is a Greek word, ephemos. And it is the only, the only place in all Scripture that this word occurs. And it means well speaking or speaking well of. Um, your translation, your Bible, it may read whatever is admirable or whatever is of good repute. And so it's saying that whatever is of good report, whatever has a good reputation, uh, whatever it is that has been spoken well of and can be spoken well of, these are the things that you should think on. So let me explain it this way. Um, if you're watching, if you know me, and if you don't know me, uh, one of the things you should know about me is I'm a nerd. All right, like I'm just, I'm a dork, I'm a geek, and I own those titles proudly. All right. So like, if you go into my office, which is just right uh, behind Tucker here behind the camera, if you go into my office, you go into, I got two bookshelves, and on those bookshelves there are three things. Theology books, comic books, and Legos, because I'm a nerd, all right? And I just love those things. I love, uh, just like a little kid, like I love those things. I love Star Wars and sci-fi and like Lord of the Rings, fantasy, Marvel, DC, these superheroes. Like I just, I love that stuff and I geek out about it. Um, to the point where sometimes I think I get on my wife's nerves a little bit with how much I geek out. Uh, we've been watching WandaVision on Disney+, Plus, which was awesome, by the way, if you haven't seen it. And if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, but there's an episode where a character shows up in the show and, like, Kayla and I, like, she's watching. She's like, who's that? And But me, I'm like... Oh my gosh, look at this person. I can't believe this is happening. Like, I start freaking out. I get so excited, and I immediately start getting on my phone, and I'm reading all these articles about the show, and I'm all these theories about what this character being in the show could mean for the whole Marvel Universe, and watching YouTube videos about it. And I start telling Kayla about all this stuff, and I'm so geeked out and so excited, and she's just like, Cool, Logan. Leave me alone, you know? And so, like, she just, like, sometimes I bother with it. But anyway, like I said, I'm, I'm a nerd, but, like, one of the things that I'm really nerdy about, honestly, is just movies in general. I love movies. And, like, if we're going to be honest, one of the things that I really missed the most during this whole shutdown stuff was going to the movies. Because I love going to the movies. And I don't, 
I don't mean I just like watching movies. Like, I invest in the movies. I watch, I read articles leading up to the movie. I, I read about their production process. Um, I watch interviews with the actors and actresses about how they got in character. I will watch all the special features that come with the Blu-ray. Like those hours of special features, I watch all of them just because I love to see that whole process. I just love movies. I don't know why I'm so nerdy about it, but I just, I just am. I just love it. Um, but as much as I love that stuff, when it comes to movies, I, I do kind of have a, like a rule. And that is before I go see a movie, any movie, no matter how much I'm looking forward to it, I always read at least a few reviews. Because here's the thing, I don't want to go waste my time and my money going to see a movie that's got overwhelming, overwhelmingly bad reviews because more than likely I'm not going to enjoy the movie. And then just wasting my time. I just waste my money. I want to go see a movie that's got good reviews because I want to make sure that I'm going to enjoy my time and that my money's well spent. Like, do you see what I'm saying? So I always um, look at those reviews before I go see a movie. And so when we're talking about whatever is commendable, about whatever is well speaking or well spoken of, we're essentially saying that something that is commendable is something that's either been given a good review or is deserving of a good review. And so I need to ask you this question. I need to go ahead and ask you this question right here at the very beginning. And that is this. If someone were to write a review about your life, what would it say? What would it say? Would it be a good review or would it be a bad review? Would it be a review that you'd want to read yourself? Would it be something that would make me want to go see the movie? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Um, because like, if you're a person that's well-spoken of, that, that's what it means to be someone who's commendable. You have a good review. All right? And so I want to be very, very clear here about what we're talking about. We talk about a good review because, you know, I think this world has a lot of standards about what gives somebody a good review, what makes them commendable. But we're not talking about world standards. Like We're not talking about how successful you are. We're not talking about high, how high up the corporate ladder you've climbed. We're, we're not talking about a review based on how much money you earn, how big your house is, how much you've traveled, or how nice your car is. We're not talking about a review based on who is in your social circles, what connections you have, who's in your contact list. Like, we're talking about a review that has one standard and one standard only, and that is about how your life reflects the kingdom of God. Are you living a life that just lives out the basic kingdom principles that are lined out in Scripture? Like, that's the review we're talking about here. And let me be even more clear than that. Not only are we talking about you know, how well you live out the kingdom of God, but we're not just talking about how well you do that publicly, but even privately. Because here's the thing. It is very easy for us to put on this facade, this image of genuine faith and faithfulness, when in reality we have zero faith and faithfulness in our life. And the reason why I say that's easy is because that describes 19 years of my own life. I mean, for 19 years, I'm telling you, I could do church like a boss. Like, I was the quintessential good church kid growing up. Like, everybody in my church thought so highly of me. I had a good 
review among the people in my church because of how much of the Bible I knew and how much I volunteered and did within my church. However, take me away from the church, away from you know the, just the, those good Christian people that I was around. Get me alone, get me in private, or get me with people that had nothing to do with my church. There was no semblance of the kingdom of God in my life. That's just part of my story. It's just I grew up, I was a great church kid, but I didn't love Jesus. And Jesus himself, he even warns us about this. He warns us about just living a certain way in order just to get the good review in public. He says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you'll have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Do you see that? Jesus warns us about having the appearance of godliness and kingdom living while having no intention of possessing genuine godliness and genuine kingdom living. So when we talk about being commendable, having a good review, we're talking first and foremost about kingdom life. And we're not just talking about what people see, but also what they don't see. About what only the Lord himself sees. Even in those moments when you are alone, does your life reflect the kingdom of God? Are you someone who has a good review, who has a commendable life? What would the review say about you? So at this point, you may be wondering what exactly this kind of life looks like. So uh, let's look at a few different places in Scripture that give us good pictures of what it looks like to have a good, commendable life. Third uh, John, it's only one chapter, it's only 15 verses in the entire book. Uh, we're going to read verses 9 through 12. It says, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. Not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. So, do you see the difference between the two men that are written about here? So, if you haven't read 3 John, it's very interesting. Like I said, it's short. It's only 15 verses long. Um, but the first eight verses are really about a man named Gaius. And it's really John giving Gaius this glowing review about how he was hospitable and welcoming to a group of traveling evangelists. But then we get here to verse 9, and we read about two other men, that's Diotrephes and Demetrius. And John gives us two reviews. So look at the review that Diotrephes receives. What does it say about him? It says that he was not hospitable to these men. It says that he was not welcoming to them in the same way that Gaius was. It says that he is someone who puts himself first. He does not submit to authority, but he is his own authority. It says that he speaks poorly about John and the other apostles when they're not around. So he's a gossiper, he's a slanderer, and not only was he unwelcoming and he was inhospitable to these traveling evangelists, it says he even stopped other people from being hospitable. And when they opposed him, he alienated them, pushed them out of the church. So let me ask you a question. Is that a good review? No. Like, that's a terrible review. Like, scratch that movie off my list. I don't want to see that one, right? That is a terrible review. 
But then we get Demetrius. And it says that all it says is that he has received a good testimony. He's well spoken of. He's got a good review that is verified and attested to by everyone. And so this doesn't give us details of exactly what Demetrius did in order to get this good review. All it says is he's not diatrephes. So we can just assume that whatever diatrephes did, Demetrius did the opposite. Because that's what constitutes a good review, a commendable life. In the middle of Gaius' glowing review, John makes a point to give one bad review and another glowing review about Demetrius, according to his faithfulness and kingdom living. So, with that verse in mind, with those scriptures in mind, i got to go back to the question. How's your review looking? How's your review look? 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8-16. through 16. It says, Finally, all of you, Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So Jeff said this last week, but we we basically just passed the one-year mark of everything really shutting down, of restrictions being put into place, and, and COVID really beginning to affect just about every aspect of our lives, okay? And so I just got to be honest. I, I remember that night I was actually watching an NBA game and they started announcing that they were canceling the rest of the NBA season or postponing it. They were canceling the tournaments and all these things. And just so much was going through my mind. But can I tell you one thing that never went through my mind? One of the things I never thought would be so disheartening and so discouraging about this season, that is how divisive it has become. I mean, COVID has absolutely driven a wedge between people. I mean, just in this year, it has been one of the single most divisive seasons I've ever seen. It has been a year where there's been so much conflict and hurt over whether or not we agree or disagree with how things have been handled. And I mean, I've seen relationships be absolutely shattered over this. Listen, this verse here, these verses here in 1 Peter 3, they are specifically talking about you know, how believers are to face unbelievers when they try to speak badly of them. However, I think the principles still apply. Because what this is saying is that a commendable person is not a divisive person. A person who has a good review is someone who does not let let a divisive, conflicting story be their story. 
A, a, a person who has a good review says that they're humble. They have brotherly love. They don't repay evil for evil or reviling with reviling. It says that they keep their tongue from evil or their lips from speaking deceit. Put that here in 2021. It means, in many ways, you tame your hands before you hit post on social media. It's it's being slow to anger. It's it's just it's being someone who's pursuing peace. And then down in verse 16, it says that it's somebody with a good conscience. And what that means is there's no skeletons in the closet. There's nothing you're trying to hide. There's nothing that you're trying to cover up. And it says if you live this life, if you are someone that is commendable, if you don't have to worry about what someone might uncover in your life, it means that when someone else tries to slander you, when they try to give you a bad review, they can't because it's impossible. Your life is so commendable. You are, your life is just so wrought with good behavior and kingdom life that no one can give you a bad review. That's what these verses are saying here. So again, I'm going to ask you, how's your review looking? How does your review look? One more passage real quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1-2. through it says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. I mean, this one's pretty simple. What's our review? How are we to be known? As servants of Jesus. Not just servants, but faithful servants. Faithful servants, faithful stewards of Christ. That is our title. We are faithful. We're faithful in our marriages. We're faithful in our families. We're faithful in how we do our jobs. We are faithful in every area of life. Why? Because we are servants of Jesus. Because we're commendable. And Paul basically goes on after these verses to say that you're to be so faithful that it really doesn't even matter what other people say about you so long as you are able to stand faithful before God Himself because it's His commendation that really matters. It's His review that matters most. We are faithful servants of Jesus Christ. So one more time I'll ask, how's your review looking? How's your review looking? And so back to Philippians chapter 4, 8, it says that if we want to have lives that are commendable, if we want to have this good review, well, then we have to dwell on things that are commendable. Romans 12, chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 2 says the same thing. You are transformed by the renewal of our minds. Um, again, verse 8, we do all these things, but then in verse 9, Philippians 4, we, it moves to doing these things. So the battle starts with the mind. If, if we want to be commendable people, then we have to ask ourselves, do the things that we dwell on, the things that we think on, are they empowering and fueling a life that is commendable? Are the things that you surround yourself and immerse yourself in, do they give you a good review or a bad review? Are they kingdom things or are they worldly things? Do the shows you watch, the music you listen to, the movies you watch, the books you read, the people you surround yourself with, do these produce thoughts that are commendable? And do these commendable thoughts produce a commendable life? A life that is worthy of a good review. So at this point, some of you all watching this, you very well may be thinking, you know, if someone were to write that review about me, I don't know if I would want to read it. 
if someone were to write that review, I don't think it's one I would really enjoy. I don't think it's one that I would really want to see. Listen, I don't want to give you a challenge without also giving you hope. Because there's hope. If that's the thought that's in your head, there's hope for you. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I love this verse. It says, For our sake, he, he being God the Father, made him, him being Jesus, to be sin who knew no sins, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you see that? If if, it says that if your life is not commendable, if your life is one that is marked, not marked out by living the basic kingdom principles of Scripture, then there is hope for you. And what is that hope? Our hope is that Jesus took our bad review so that we could have his good review. Jesus became our bad review so that we could become his good review. Jesus, the absolute picture of what it means to be commendable. Jesus, God in flesh, Jesus who never sinned, took all of our sin, everything in us that makes us not commendable, everything that gives us a bad review, everything that condemned us in death and hell, Jesus took all of those things and he claimed them as his own. And he died a death on a cross that we deserve for our sin. He nailed that sin to that cross. Jesus died on that cross. He was dead and he was buried for three days. But on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead so that his perfect, righteous, commendable life could be ours. could be given to us. In Jesus, we have life. In Jesus, we have salvation. In Jesus, Our bad review becomes his good review. That's the gospel. That is the single most commendable thought that fuels commendable life. Jesus became our bad review so that we could become his good review. Praise the Lord, church. Here's the invitation and the challenge. First off, if you're tuning in today, you've never surrendered your life to Christ, but today be a day of salvation for you. Would you surrender your life to Jesus? Believe in the gospel of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Submit and surrender yourself to Jesus Christ as Lord over your life. Be forgiven of every sin you've ever committed and ever will commit. Be saved from death, be saved from hell, and be saved into beautiful, abundant, commendable life with Jesus Christ forever. Will you surrender your life today? Second, if you're already a believer in Christ and you're sitting here saying, I don't want to read the review that people would write about me, let today be day of repentance. Just turn from your sin. Do a 180. Run from those things that are not commendable. Run to Jesus. Remember, He took our bad review so we could have His good review. Run to Jesus. Repent. Turn from your sin. And third, I want to challenge you guys. Don't only live a commendable life yourself, but call out all those around you who are living commendable lives. Call it out. Bring it up. Make a point to encourage and tell someone, look, I see how you live a kingdom life. It is commendable. Thank you for doing that. And what's cool about that is that you helping fuel someone else's faithfulness in and of itself is a very commendable thing. You just calling out the commendable is commendable. So, how's that review looking? 
He took our bad review so that we could become His good review. Praise the Lord for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, we love you. Thank you so much for being a part of our service this morning. We love you, and as always, grace and peace.